And there was a time where Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin were thinking of expanding their portfolio to running at places like Flemington yes. and training some gallopers, but they're doing so well at the trots. I don't know whether they'd find the time. Yeah, I don't know, but they're pretty clever, and I reckon if there's anyone that was able to clone themselves so they could you know, do the, the thoroughbred uh, industry uh, training as well, it would be Emma and Clayton. Um, Emma joins us this morning on the back of... Look, it mightn't have been the most successful Vic Bread night you've had, and it started off a bit rocky, Emma. There was a couple of horses, very good horses that were late scratchings. But I've got to say, the memory out of last night and the Lost Storm's performance, that may well be one of the greatest Vic Bread highlights that you've ever had. Congratulations and Happy New Year. Thank you very much. Same for you. Hey, Em, takes a bit to excite you because... Uh, You've got such a high benchmark. Every you know, you've got so many horses that are smashing the clock and winning by big margins at short prices. But does sometimes one come along that you go, "All right"? And Dan Malecki's certainly making some big statements about the Lost Storm. Actually, let's let's set the scene by having a listen, and then we'll ask you if this is one of them that really gets you excited. Doug's platter was probing for an inside run, but the Lost Storm just took off. He said ta-da in horse language and took got right off. He's raced right away off the back straight, the Lost Storm. He's opened up a massive lead in a blink of an eye. He's out by 20 metres now. Round the outside, perfect class is giving chase, but the Lost Storm. Round the final bend, he's out by 25 metres. That third quarter was 27.9. And the Lost Storm into the straight has blown them away like a hurricane. He's category five. And he's number one tonight. What a win this is. The Lost Storm by about 45 metres. The Lost Storm has beaten perfect class second. Don Hugo third. He's the one to watch. Category five, Dan. It was uh, it was pretty special. I love it when you don't necessarily expect something like that. It was Captain Ravishing-like, which is amazing. That's in the vernacular now, Captain Ravishing-like, the Lost Storm-like. That was some sort of a win, Emma. I mean, I know you thought the horse was real good and so did Clayton. The whole world knows now. Yeah, for sure. You know, he's always been a favourite and we actually, he's a bit more special to us because we actually um, bred him ourselves with Justin Baker. So um, I've always loved the horse and I've always thought he's been, like, he's really, really good. And, you know, a couple of his runs in the Breeders' Crown were sort of quite hard on him and he sort of didn't back up in the final and, to his credit, you know, he's backed up in the size and he's shown what he's really about. You say you bred him yourself. I'm so curious about these upgraded um, harness pedigrees now. I remember there was a long time where our horses were not running the same sort of times that they could run in the United States. And then there was a lot of meshing in of availability of pedigrees and so on. Tell us about the uh, the breeding of the Lost Storm. Well, it came about actually because Justin um, raced a horse called the Storm Inside with us and he was a very good horse and, and Justin's favourite. So um, he managed to find A.C. Whitby in Western Australia of all places who's related to the Storm Inside. Somehow he gets all involved in all that sort of stuff and, and we got her home and we were all in love with Captain Treacherous so we got her in fold to him and um, as soon as he came out he was a cracking type and, you know... They're very Americanised now, our horses, and the speeds they can run at young ages is just craziness. So uh, it sort of makes our job a little bit harder to keep them sounder, but um, they're very exciting to watch. 1.52 to the mile rate. I mean, conditions were ideal last night and the pace was on, but these are two-year-olds. At the end of their two-year-old season, for a lot, they've had tough years. I mean, probably a month ago, Emma, the lost storm, he had that gut bust. I don't think I've ever seen a two-year-old have as a bigger gut bust around as what he did, and he still won, but you said he didn't back up the next week. When I saw him last week, I thought, wow, haven't you come on? Uh, it's amazing how horses can go one way or the other, 
And he went one way, and that was north, straight up. And it, it showed last night with the fastest two-year-old performance ever over that trip, and by a long way. Yeah, I think that's just a credit to the horse himself, really, because, like you say, his run in the Breeders' Crown was, like, just a real gut buster, and it was sort of... It was hard to sort of back him up the next week, but um, knowing that sort of you probably wasn't going to back up as good, but... Um, you know, he's, he's come through it really good and we sort of backed off him a little bit after that and he's a lovely horse to work at home and he never sort of does too much at home and that sort of makes it a lot easier too. He really looks after himself. So he's actually quite the perfect horse to train, really. Emma, you would know and Dan would know better than I would, but from the outside looking in, it seems to me that the hardest thing to do is to turn a champion two-year-old pacer into an open-age star and three and four and then ongoing, even Courage Under Fire met his mark later on in life. Is he going to be just mem- a great two-year-old, or do you think you're looking at a horse now that you can keep moulding and moulding into a just a great champion all round? Uh, I'm really unsure. We're sort of going to try to do that, but, you know, with the times they're running now as two-year-olds, you know, horses have only got so many, uh, so much amount of tread on their tyres, so if you wear it out early, you sort of, you haven't got it later, so I think that comes down to sort of what you want from the horse, whether you want a great juvenile or whether you want to sort of try to get him through and, and be a good open class horse. Um, it's sort of, it's a, it's a tricky thing to do because some horses are just dead set two-year-olds and I think he is, but um, it's sort of, I think if we can manage him, I think uh, we'll be trying to send him through to the open class. Could you strike while the iron's hot type thing and, and if you think, well, this is, we may just have a an absolute superstar two-year-old here and we don't know after that. Internationally, like, is there... Is there anything saying if he's that good, could he go to somewhere like America or something like that at the, in that age category and and make a name for himself, or, or, or am I just thinking a bit too far ahead? Oh, I think you're on the right track, and we've sort of been seriously thinking about taking a team over to America because um, sort of with the way the system sort of is a little bit here, it's sort of hard when the horses um, hit a certain grade and they're sort of very limited, especially uh, the mares. So. We've actually been thinking about taking a team over to the States and we've been sort of in talks with uh, Summit Bloodstock into sort of setting us up a little place over there. So um, I don't think it's a crazy idea is what it sounds and um, we'll sort of look more into that um, in the new year and just and see what's available for him. So would you train them? Would you go over there, Emma, or, or it would be like a satellite stable or someone else would train them? No, no, me and Clayton were thinking about going over there for, for a few months and, um, you know, taking just sort of a select team over and, um, you know, it's something we really have to think about um, because we're so big here. Um, we have to decide whether we want to slow down or not. And, you know, I think I think it'd be a great learning curve for both of us. And, um, you know, it's something we're really considering. Sounds to me that, and I know how hard you guys work, I wonder whether you've looked at each other and said, we cannot keep this up forever. We've got to, we've got to go sideways. We've got to still keep nailing it, but we've got to... Is this, I'm just thinking because it's the first day of 2023, Emma. So when you and Clayton sit down and, and think, can we keep doing what we're doing? Or are we just going to lose the tread on our own tyres? Or, or do we take our foot off the pedal but sort of almost become a bit more ambitious in different ways? Yeah, I think, I think it's a tough thing. I'm, I'm sort of more looking at other ways of doing it where Clayton is totally driven and he just wants to win everything and he would keep going at this pace you know, until he physically couldn't. So um, I'm not sure. I think I think we're sort of getting a little bit older now and we've sort of, we've won nearly most of the things we want to win. And, um, you know, the Grand Circuit is where we've sort of failed in the past because we've sort of been concentrating on the 
younger horses. So I think um, you now training may shift a little bit, uh, a little bit, and um, you know I'm really interested in going overseas. So we'll just see how that happens. Well, that's exciting. Let us know when you pick out some dates. You just uh, you just let us know, Em. Um, update on Captain Ravishing. Uh, how far away uh, before we see him again? You know, he's not far away at all. He's up and fast working. Um, we're sort of heading towards the Bonanza Chariots of Fire path. So, um, yeah, he's up and about, and he'll only be a couple of weeks off. And uh, I was disappointed when the news came through yesterday that Major Moth was a late scratching. Having a chance to talk to you, how serious is uh, his setback? No, it's not serious at all. It's sort of he, he just cut his foot, um, and it's just in a really bad spot, and he's really sore on it. So, um, thank God for him and Len because he's been so patient with him um, that it's not a major setback. Just uh, an awful time for it to happen, but uh, no, he'll be he'll be fine. So, Hunter Cup, would that be on the agenda, or is it too soon now? No, I think that's definitely on the agenda. You know, he's come back um, bigger and better and uh, we're really excited for him to sort of step up into that sort of class. And well done with Joyful as well. You got the two-year-old double last night. Joyful's uh, never lost a race for you, so she's been a bonny little filly as well. Yeah, yeah, she's a lovely filly and I think she'll be uh, an even better three-year-old. Emma, congratulations on a huge year. You took out the Metropolitan Trainers title. You took out the Victorian Trainers title. I thought it was amazing that the trifecta in the Victorian Premiership was Emma Stewart, uh, Julie Douglas and Jess Tubbs. I might have got that order second and third. Sorry, Jess Tubbs and and Julie Douglas. But I think it's uh, remarkable. Congratulations to you and to Clayton. And uh, I think the stable full of young horses you've got at the moment might be the best ever. I think so too. And thank you very much.